The first bracha of Shmanesai is called by Chazal, Avot. This is an explicit statement of Chazal, a Mishnah in Rosh Hashanah, which is talking about davening on Rosh Hashanah. Um, we call Musaf, although the Mishnah is the same Musaf, and it lists the order of the brachot in order to say when we say Malchiyot, Zichonot, and Shofarot. The Mishnah says, Omer Avot, Givurot, Kedushat Hayom, Vikolel Malchiyot Betocham, Devarev Yochem Benuri, and then etc. So the first bracha is called Avot. The second one is called Gvurot. The third is called Kedusha. Kedushat Hashem. I said Kedushat Hayom. Kedushat Hashem. The second bracha is called Gvurot. It describes the content of the bracha. The bracha lists Gvurot Hashem. Great, mighty things which God does. The first bracha is called Avot. Why is it called Avot? It's true the Avot are mentioned in the Bracha. Elokeinu, velokei Avoteinu, elokei Avraham, elokei Yitzchak, velokei Yaakov. But, but the Bracha is not about the Avot, it's about God. The, bracha, the first Bracha should have been called Elokim, not Avot. It happens to be that among other definitions, Kel, Agadol, Agibor, Vahanora, Kel Elyon, Gomer Chasim Tovim, there are a lot of definitions, names for God given. Some of the names are Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yitzhak, Elokei Yaakov. Why is the Bracha called a vote for that reason? Perhaps you'll say, because names don't count. It just was a handle. It wasn't a real name. But the, the Gemara in Psachim, in the last parak as well as uh, it's quoted in the Medrash Rabbah, in the beginning of Lech Lecha, says the following. God says to Abraham Avinu, Lech Lecha. God tells Abraham Avinu to leave his homeland, his birthplace, his country, and go El Ha'aretz Asher Areka. And if he does that, God gives him a promise. Gadol. The Medrash says, Ze'u she'omrim elokei Avraham. Ve'avarechecha, zehu she'omrim elokei Yitzchak. Ve'agadla shemecha, zehu she'omrim elokei Yaakov. Yochol yehu chotmin bechulan, talmud lomar, ve'heyei bracha, bracha chotmin belo bahem. God tells Abraham Avinu, you're going to go to Eretz Yisrael, and this is what's going to happen. There will be a, you will make a people, you have a lot of children, and when they daven, they're going to say, Elokei Avraham. And they're going to say, Elokei Yitzchak. And they're going to say, Elokei Yaakov. That is the Agad Lashemecha. That is the Avarechecha. That is Veschal Gadol. God is promising. He's, so to speak, giving a reward. He's promising, Avinu, look at these great things that are going to happen. You are going to be mentioned in Shemon Esrei. Yitzchak will mention in Shemon Esrei. Yaakov will be mentioned in Shemoneshe. And then the Medrash concludes, Yachu Yuchotmin Bechulan. Will this bracha, in which we said, Avram is great, Elokei Avraham, Yitzchak is great, Elokei Yitzchak, Yaakov is great, Elokei Yaakov. Will the Chatima, the conclusion of the bracha, be, Baruch Atah Hashem, Elokei Ha'avot, or Elokei Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Talmud Loma, the end of the Pasuk, Ve'yei Bracha, literally, and you will be a bracha, Shat is, you will be blessed, but the words literally mean you will be a blessing. 
The blessing will be not merely Birkat Avot, as Chazal called it, it will be Birkat Avraham, Bracha. And therefore, the conclusion of the Bracha is not Elokei Avot, but Magen Avraham. This Medrash indicates that the connection of the Avot to this Bracha isn't merely a handle, a, a convenient title. The Bracha expresses Gedulat Avraham, or technically speaking, Gedulat Yitzchak, Ba'gadla Shemecha, or Zehayei Goy Gadol, also Gedula, you will be great, and it's expressed in this Bracha. So the Bracha really is to some extent about the Avot, even though the content is not about the Avot, it's about God. So that's what we have to, we have to understand. In other words, what I really want to know is, why, in fact, are the Avot mentioned in the Bracha? There are several hundred ways in which I could refer to God. The first Bracha doesn't say much. It says a lot. We're going to talk about it for two weeks. But it doesn't say much other than that. You are God. Now, there are names of God. Names which describe something about Him. Hakel. Hagadol. Hagibol. Vahanora. Those are important names for davening. When before I dive into God, I should know to whom I'm speaking. And I say, I'm speaking to He who is great and mighty and, 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 and awesome. You made everything. These are things which, you know, are good introductions to tefillah, meaning they're important for a person to, to face up to. He has to say to himself, he sort of defines, who am I and who are you? You are the great God and I am standing before you. Before you, Davin, that's what you say. It's more or less, I'm saying more or less, what we would expect if we were living in the 12th century and we had to go to ask the king of England for something. So we would first open up, as the Gemara says, as I said last week, tefillah is tachanunim, it's requests. But in order to request something, you need to formally have a way of beginning. The beginning is a little bit of praise. So before you spoke to the king, you'd say, Oh, mighty, wonderful king, you are so wise, you are so good, I like you a lot, now give me my bed. Why do we mention the Avot? And in lieu, and in place of what we've seen, uh, that it's not just one particular mention, it's the defining characteristic of the Bacha, then you realize it's very important to know that God is Elokei Avot because the Avot contributes something to the definition of God that's different than merely listing a line of uh, praises the greatness of God. Okay. In order to answer this question, I would like to focus on an interesting point. The language of Shemun Esrei, as we shall see in throughout the series, is heavily based on Lishon Apsukim. It's heavily based on biblical verses. Not a hundred percent, but in theory it should have been hundred percent, and it's something like seventy percent. And one of the things we're going to do as a met- as a matter of methodology in this series is to look up the verse from which this particular phase, any particular phase, is taken, because the context of the verse and the meaning of the verse will in fact help us to understand what's being said here. You take a phase from where it grew, the, the soil in which it grew is very, very important. I don't think Chazal were merely borrowing these phrases as a matter of literary uh, embellishment. Uh, Tanakh is the groundbed of 
the um, is the ground of of religious expression. And Chazal used Tanakh because that's the right way to talk to God. And that's why instead of making up themselves, they would rather rely on the Nevi'im, rely on Moshe Rabbeinu, rely on God Himself to know how to speak to God. Where does the language of the first bracha come from? Well, part of it comes from a rather unusual source. Specifically, I want to look at the phrase, Kel Elyon, a name for God, which, to be perfectly frank, we never use. It's not found anywhere else. Hashem, Elohim, Kel, Kel Shakai, Elokei Avotenu, Atfilah is replete with these phrases. Kel Elyon, a, a neutral translation, the Most High God, is a very unusual phrase in Jewish liturgy. It's also a very unusual phrase in Tanakh. And it appears in only one particular context. A few seconds of thought will, for most of you, immediately reveal the place. It appears in the conversation of Avram Avinu with Malki Tzedek Melech Shalem. After Avram Avinu fought the battle against the four kings who, attached to fi- who had attacked the five kings, and he defeated them, and rescued Lot, and came back to Eretz Israel, came back to the area of stone, delivered the the Shevi uh, delivered the hostages back to the king of stone and freed Lot. He meets Malki Tzedek Melech Shalem. Medrash Chazal Rashi say Malki Tzedek is Shem Ben Noach. Vuhu Kohen Le'el Elyon. This Malki Tzedek was the priest of the Most High God, which all Mefashim understand, the real God. That wasn't the name of a particular idolatry. It was the name of God, which is why they say it's Shem ben Noah, because he was a tzaddik. And he says to Avam Avinu, first of all, he blesses God, Baruch Kel Elyon, Asher Migain Tzarecha Biyadecha. Baruch, then he blesses Avraham, Baruch Avraham, Lekel Elyon, Konei Shamayim Ba'aretz. The phrase, Kel Elyon, Konei Shamayim Ba'aretz, is an invention of Malki Tzedek Melech Shalem. And we find it in this particular tefillah with a small change to which I do not know the reason. Instead of saying Kel Elyon Konei Shamayim Ba'aretz, we say Kel Elyon Konei Hakol. It's the same meaning. Shamayim Ba'aretz is Hakol. The Most High God who created heaven and earth, the Most High God who created everything. Why Chazal changed Shamayim Ba'aretz to Hakol, I do not know. My point is that we are speaking in the language of Malki Tzedek. Now, First of all, the expression Kel Elyon is not merely coincidentally a phrase used by a righteous Gentile. It's also a phrase that's more appropriate to a Gentile than to a Jew. We wouldn't use that phrase because it carries a slight hint that perhaps there are more than one God. In other words, when Malkitzedek was Kohen El Elyon, and I have no doubts that he believed in only one God, but I'm not sure all the, all the people in his town, because he was also king of Shalem, understood it that way. Kel Elyon could be God who is high, or it could be the highest God of all the gods. In the pantheon of the gods, he who sits on top is Hakel HaElyon, the high God, like HaKohen HaGadol, 
There were a lot of Kohenim, but you're the Kohen Agadol. There were a lot of gods, but you're the El HaElyon. I think the term is somewhat ambiguous, and not because I'm trying to say, oh, the Torah is having a hint. I think it's a phrase which doesn't really necessitate us to decide if there's more than one God. So again, when we say it in Shemun I don't want anyone to think, <laughs> we, we know exactly what we're saying. God is, the one God is Kel Elyon, meaning He's supreme over everything. Not that He's supreme over other gods. But I think the reason why it's not a phrase which is ever used again in Tanakh, and never used in Tefillah other than this place, is because we have better ways to refer to God. Malki Tzedek was a guy. He was a righteous guy. He was a tzaddik. He's Shem ben And when I say that Shem ben is a tzaddik, the way Chazal relates to Shem ben is that he was a very, very big tzaddik. He ran a yeshiva to which Yaakov Avinu and the one Medrash, Yitzhak Avinu, went to learn. So he's a pretty important character. It's the way a righteous guy talks about God. The way a righteous Gentile talks about God. One, because I think it's a term which sort of hints at that. And two, historically, it's a fact that Chazal went to the Tanakh and borrowed deliberately out of all of Tanakh how many synonyms and names and connotations are there for God which could have been lifted and placed into Shemun Esrei. They went and they quoted Malkitzedek Melech Shalem. What is my conclusion? My conclusion is very simple. It might be shocking to some years. But it's, 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 once I've defined the question the way I've defined it, the conclusion is simple. Chazal and the first bracha are telling us we should daven like a guy. What does it mean daven like a guy? We should daven like a human being. The basic stratum of tefillah is a creature, a human being who faces God. I stress the basic strata. Right away, we're going to get, it's going to get more complicated. Even in this bracha, we're going to talk about God redeems the children of the forefathers. We're talking Jews. But this, the most elementary strata, you have to build on the right basis. The elementary basis for davening doesn't draw from the wellsprings of Jewish history or Jewish experience, or Brit, or Torah. It draws first and foremost from Shem Benoch, from a single human being. There is no people who walk behind Shem Benoch. He might have had some friends, he might have had some disciples. He's an individual. That's exactly why God makes Amisel, to get out of the individual mode and into the nation mode. But an individual is how you have to daven. Now, of course, you'll point out, yeah, but we've already said bef- before the words, Kel Elyon, Konei Hakol, we've said the words, Elokeinu, Velokei Avotenu, Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov. Doesn't that mean that I am the child of the Avot? Meaning, I, who daven now, am a member of a long line, of a, of a, of a unit that's called Amisal, which was founded by the Avot. The answer is, of course. That's what it means. When you get up to Davin, you don't just walk in bare. You say, I'm coming to Davin because I'm a child of Avraham Yitzhak Yaakov. The question is, what does it mean to be a child of Avraham Yitzhak Yaakov? It means to follow in their footsteps. Okay, 
how did Avraham Yitzchak and Yaakov daven? And this, I think, is the meaning of the fact that the first bracha is avot. The first meaning, the basic meaning of the fact that the avot davened means they davened as avot. The avot were not banim. The forefathers were not children. They were not members of Am Yisrael. They were founding Am Yisrael. And we, here's a little paradoxical, we will conform and follow the moires of the Jewish people who are descended from Am Yitzhak Yaakov, meaning we will follow the way of the Avot and be like them. So here there's a bit of a paradox. We are Jews and therefore we have to act like Goyim in davening. Avram, Yitzhak and Yaakov invented davening. The Gemara in Brachot has a controversy as to whether or not Tfilot Keneged Korbanot, Shacharit, Mincha and Ma'ariv are Keneged, are parallel to the sacrifices, Tamit Shal Shachar, Tamit Shal Ben Abayim, and for Ma'ariv, Halat Hevarim, all night on the Mizbech, or Tfilot Avot Tiknum. Now, the Gemara appears to be a controversy. The Rambam, interestingly enough, Paskins, he rules in Hilchot Fila that Tfilot connected Korbanot. And the laws that derive from that have to do with when one davens, one has to finish davening at the time, one has to daven at the times that the Korbanot were offered. Nonetheless, the Rambam in Hilchot Melachim, in another place altogether, at the end of the Sefer, when he's talking about the history of Torah, he states, Rambam has a theory there that Torah wasn't only given at Sinai. It began in Sheva Mitzvot B'nai Noach. It began the time of Adam Rishon and Noach and then they added and added and added and added until Nigmerat Torah. The Torah was completed in Sinai. In that long list he mentions that Avraham Avinu Mitzvot Mila was given to Avraham not to Sinai. Again at Sinai but it was first of all given to Avraham. And Avraham Avinu Daven Shacharit Yitzchak Daven Mincha Yaakov had Giren and Daven Ma'ariv. Avraham mentions this fact that, yes, Avot, they, they, they instituted tefillah that has nothing to do with the machloket as to technical halachic ramifications. But it is true that the Avot invented Davin. Now, we say the Avot, Davin, Shachrit, Mincha, and Mayriv, that's different than the statement in Medrash that says, Avot Shamrut Kola Mitzvot Kula. Chazal had this opinion that Avam Yitzhak and Yaakov observed all the mitzvot. So if that's true, then of course they Davin Shachrit. Minchin Ma'ariv, lest you say that God to most Poskim, all Poskim, Shachet Minchin Ma'ariv are the Rabbanans, so that's the Chirishir, but the, the Medrash says that they also observed all the Rabbanans. Avraham Avinu observed Tchumen, he had a problem chasing after the former Lachim because it was more than 2,000 Amma, and it was on Shabbat, so how could he do it? Uh, but there's a difference in the meaning. When we say the Avot observed all the Torah, what do we mean? What's the cause and what's the effect? Why did the Avot observe all the Torah? Because the Torah was given in Sinai. And they, although they did beforehand, they, were, they, they, they obligated themselves, they put upon themselves, they wanted to be Jewish. And th- therefore, in advance, they did that which would apply in Sinai to the Jewish people. Which is how Chazal could say that even the Rabbanans, even rabbinical obligations they did, because what they basically what the Chazal was saying was that the Avot acted as though they were Jewish. When we say the Avot, Davin, Shacharit, Minchavi, Vemariv, we don't mean that they perceived that the Jews would Davin, therefore they Davin. 
it's the other way around. Chazal is saying that they invented Shacharit Mincha V'mariv. To put it this way, Avam Avinu observed Shabbat because we observe Shabbat, but we daven because he davened. Cause and effect has been switched here. The Avot didn't daven because Jews daven. Jews daven because their forefathers daven. Avam Avinu instituted Tiknum. Avam Avinu instituted Shacharit. He didn't institute Chumin. Chazal instituted Chumin, and Avam Avinu was obligated to follow Chazal. Here, Avam Avinu instituted Shacharit, and Chazal and other Jews are obligated or feel obligated to follow Avraham Avinu. And that's the difference between Tefillah and all the mitzvot. Other mitzvot are Jewish mitzvot. When Avraham Avinu instituted Shacharit, it wasn't because he was a Jew, it's because he was Avraham Avinu. He wasn't a Jew. He was living by himself. He, he figured it out on his own as a human being. He, he, he made a connection with God. And it arose from his status as a person who stood before God. He was the first. And he realized that you have to daven. And the same is true of Yitzhak and Yaakov. Because Yitzhak didn't daven shacharit like his father daven shacharit. Maybe he did. But he instituted mincha. What Chazal was trying to say is that each Av instituted a different tefillah. And of course we know that that's the meaning of the word Avot. What do you mean we say we had three Avot? What do we have three Avot? We have a million Avot. My father's not my father. My grandfather's not my, my father. When we say that the Avot are our fathers, we don't mean it biologically. Because then either you have one, or you have all generations. We mean it typologically. The Avot are the fathers, they're the, they're the uh, Avtipus, the I need a word in English. They are the um, categories. No, that's terrible. Um, somebody help me out. No one's answering. That's the problem with doing podcasts. Um, <laughs> I don't want to say octopus in English. Wow. Uh, the, the, the forefathers are the... They, they, they institute a, a, a kind of Judaism. We follow in their footsteps, and it was necessary to have three different sources. Otherwise, Avraham would be the forefather, and Yitzhak would be a ben. What does it mean that Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov are avot, but Ruven, Shimon, Velevi, and all future generations are banim? Judaism, the model of the religious character, is Avraham plus Yitzhak, plus Yaakov. Which Chazal expressed by looking trying to define the differences, and this is, you could say a lot of different things, it's probably more complicated than any one word, but the famous category is Avraham, Chesed, Yitzchak, Gvura, Yaakov, Emet. The idea is you take a different word for each one, each one puts in a different, a different screw, a different injection, a different ingredient into the cake that will become the Jewish personality. So each of the Avot is an initiator, and therefore the tefillah of each Avot is different tefillah, Technically speaking, a different tefillah at a different time. Shachrit, Mincha, and Ma'ariv. But what are we trying to say? Why wasn't Yitzhak satisfied to daven Shachrit? Because Shachrit really expressed Avraham Avinu's personality. Yitzhak's personality was expressed by a different kind of tefillah. Yitzhak's tefillah is Mincha, which he did not on the high hill overlooking stone, or Abam Davin, but in a field. And he went out in the afternoon, to wander in the field, that's called 
That's called Tefillat Yitzchak. Yaakov is Vayitkamamakom. Yaakov is lonely, running away from home. Desperate, being chased by the shadow, at least, perhaps by the reality of Esav, who's threatened to kill him. And he's basically been banished from his father's house, and he's about to go to Chutzlaretz. And he comes to the place of Harabayit. He comes to the place of Shah HaShamayim. And Vayifkava Makom, and late at night, he, Haridam, late at night, when you're scared and lonely. It's a different kind of feeling than Vayetzei Yitzhak Lasoch Basadeh. Or Avam Avinu, who is early in the morning, standing and talking to God about the future, about what his plans are for the day. Each tefillah is different because each personality is different. And therefore, this combines what I said before. You daven like a lonely individual, not like a Jew who has a whole set and reference and brit and, and, and support. You daven like you were the first person to daven. Each of the avot was the first person to daven. And again, I say there's a paradox here. We daven like our father davened. We daven because we're second. But we daven as though we were first. Because I'm the second to the first, therefore I try to daven like the first. And that's what Chazal is trying to emphasize, first of all, in the phrase, Kel Elyon, And secondly, in the reference to the Avot, and therefore, now I've answered the question. The Vacha is called Avot because the God who we address, first of all, first Vacha, First part of first bracha is not just God, and not just God who did A, B, and C. He's God the way the God was to the Avot. The God of the Avot was not the God who had been speaking to their uh, tradition for the last 3,000 years. He was a God who they had discovered yesterday, who they had uncovered yesterday. Like Avraham Avinu had found God completely by himself, and Yitzhak had found a new aspect of God, and Yaakov had found a new aspect of God. That's how you have to daven. Therefore, the bracha is, it's not about the avot, it's about God, but it's about elokei ha'avot. And that's not merely a convenient handle. The God who we daven to is not elokim shenatan Torah b'sinai. You could have done that. Baruch atah Hashem, elokeinu, elokei avoteinu, ha'elokim shenatan Torah b'sinai. Very important thing to say about God, and I want to speak to that God. No. The God who you have to speak to is elokei ha'avot. Who was elokei ha'avot? Someone discovered in the middle of the night by a man who was one man living in Avodah Zarah, living without education, who stood up and saw the stars and started to do a, 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 a calculation that there must be somebody, etc., 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 and therefore discovered that God existed. Someone who was running away from home and, and in the depths of the night, the depths of his despair, the depths of his fear, reached out and asked God to take care of him. Who, who, what do we call those, that God, those gods? That kind of a God? We call that Elokei Avot. Never the Bracha is called by the Avot. Since they discovered God, therefore they would be a Bracha. Meaning their God would be a Bracha. Now the second conclusion that one draws from this is if it's true that there is not one Avot but three Avot, meaning three different paths to discovering God and being Jewish is a combination of all three, but that almost implies that each person has a different God. So on the one hand, I, a mere child, a mere grandchild, a mere descendant, pray to the God of my forefathers. But I don't just say, Elokei Avoteinu. Chazal called the Bracha Avot, but the Bracha isn't just Elokei Avoteinu, it's Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov. Why the repetition? Avoteinu, our fathers, Avraham Yitzchak Yaakov. And why the distinction? Not just Elokei Avoteinu, Elokei, Avraham Yitzchak V'Yakov. The Rapsukim in the Torah, which says, Ani Elokei, Ani Hashem Elokei, Avraham Yitzchak V'Yakov. But here it says, Elokei Avraham. 
Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov, to tell us that, yes, every Av had a slightly different God. I don't mean that different gods. They had a different relationship with God. A different aspect of God was discovered by them, and that's part of their tefillah. You don't just dive into the the, the, the abstract God. You dive into your God. And if each Av had a different Bacha, then even though we are following in their footsteps, but in the end, it's, it's my God. And therefore, you have to daven, you're, you're drawn. Chazal don't say it explicitly. Because explicitly, we daven like we were told to daven. But, but they hint at, I'm going to daven to the God of my forefathers, who was the God of Abraham, and also the God of Yitzchak, and also the God of Yaakov. And therefore, he's also my God. With the word my God, it doesn't mean just that he's God for me, but he's my God. He's the God who I've tried to discover, who I've discovered following the footsteps. I'm not literally a Rishon, a first, an initiator, but I'm initiating within the context of the tradition. Yes, I have to find a God who is my God. So this Rishoniyut, this, 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 this freshness, this initiation, which is referred to by the word Avot, Davin like a father, not like a child. Davin to the God of the, the explorers, the religious explorers, not the religious inheritors. That automatically implies that if you'll be an explorer, you'll discover your own God. And that's the meaning of Elokei Voteinu, Elokei Vaham, Ve'elokei Yitzchak, Ve'elokei Yaakov, and therefore, automatically, Gamkein, Gamkein Elokei. So, the first point that I wish to make, and this will be the message for, today, for today's, uh, today's session, is that the first bracha, obviously, is to define which God, which God am I speaking in the verse of Shemun Esrei? And which God, which God am I speaking? The answer is Elokei Ha'avot. What does it mean, Elokei Ha'avot? God of He who by Himself, the first person to do it, in the darkness, without help. He doesn't daven because it's traditional to daven. He davens because He discovered the need to daven. We have a tradition. Our tradition is to daven as though we don't have a tradition. How do I explain the last line in the Medrash? I'll explain it next week. But at this point, you could say a simple answer. If the Bacha is to daven to the God of the first ones, then Ava, and there were three of them, well, but Avraham was the first of the first. So in the Khatima, it's more true of him than it is of them. Yitzhak was really the first to Davin to Pachad Yitzchak. Yaakov was really the first Davin to Elokei Yaakov. But Avraham was not only the first Davin to Avraham, he was also the first to Davin. So, Bechachotmim, you initiated the um, process of being an initiator. It's a relative answer. That's good enough to end today's session. Uh, next week I'll try to improve, not really contradict that answer, but to deepen it in more than merely a relative manner. And therefore next week we will not proceed to the next Bacha but we will come back to this bracha, among other things, because there's a whole bunch of phrases in the bracha we haven't even touched yet. I wish to explain, among other things, what it means, and what does it mean, and why do we say, so we will explain all the rest of the Lashon of the bracha, as well as, our initiating point, we will begin with, finishing what we did today, asking, what does it mean, I'll give you a hint. What, why is God called, even after we decided to, to 
conclude with Avraham Avinu's name, but we don't say Elokei Avraham, we say Magen Avraham. The methodology will be the same as today. Where does the phrase Magen Avraham come from in Tanakh? Check the context, and from the context, perhaps we'll understand what Chazal were trying to say, what they were trying to accomplish by concluding with Avraham and not with all three Avot, as we have seen.